Kevin Herter. This is Melo Trimble. This is Lonnie Bass. This is Scott Van Pelt. This is Stephon Day. This is Chris Knocky. This is Johnny Holiday. This is Walt Williams. This is Mark Turgeon. This is Gary Williams, and you're listening to IMS Radio. It's Tonga by Loa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Buck in front of him and a touchdown. He's got 18 points. Four seconds. It would have been good from 65 out. He nailed that football. It was Brad Craddock with the game winner. A 43-yard field goal with 51 seconds to go. And Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. That assist gives him a triple-double for Vasquez. The first in 22 years. To the corner, Vasquez. Yes! Fellas, it's been a while. It's been three weeks since we've done a show. That is a long time for us in the middle of the season. I feel like between the three of us, we probably caught every non-COVID season. <laughs> um, yeah. So it could be worse, but uh, it's, it's... Yeah, we non-COVID, right? Yeah, it's, I, been, it's been not great, man. It's, I definitely got tested. I got tested twice to just yeah. to make sure. Negative both times, so... I am I am negative as well, but I still feel like butthole. So yeah, did your voice goes. You just got to deal with it. Did you get the test where they stick the thing up your nose and it's mm. like inhaling like really painful, like potent cleanser or something? Like it's so bad for like five seconds, and you just wanted to stop. It was pretty awful. It's not great, but uh, you yeah, know, you do what you got to do, man. Yeah. My son and I had got tested actually uh, back in the fall because he was doing a concert, an outdoor concert. It was a socially distanced concert, though, and I played in the pit band for it. And um, so we both got tested. Everybody got tested. And that was a, bl- a finger prick, a little needle, and they tested for antibodies and all that. So that was, much, that was a blood test. Okay. Much better, m- much less painful to deal with. But yes, lots of sickness over the last three weeks. Jeff, you too, right? Yeah, fortunately, no COVID here either, but uh, can't escape that, you know, feeling it's like crowding around you at every corner, like getting notifications from the school every day from both my kids' school. You know, they send those notifications and uh, a couple kids on my son's basketball team, are they don't have it, but they're quarantining now. So I'm just praying that like that league doesn't go down and, smoke because you know that's been like the one saving grace is having a couple sports leagues yeah with everything else just sucking so but all, all good you know all things considered supposedly the threat should be diminishing as we go along here because more and more people are getting vaccinated right let's go yeah, but it's the old people though right now so that's not you know and paul olds freaking olds and paul no, I, no, I haven't been able to uh, get that on the black market yet or, um, you know, get myself in like an old suit. I thought it was you. I know a lot of people, I'm surprised. I'm like, how'd you get a test? And they're like, oh, I got this da-da-da-da-da exemption. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to be the 330 millionth of 330 million. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely definitely towards the end. I I think we get bumped up because we're considered court services, but it's, it's still, you know, just before the end. Yeah. I'm just praying neck by next fall, everybody goes back to school. That'll be good not only for our families and everybody's lives in general, but also for Maryland sports because we'll get people at games. How much fun we'll be able to go back to games, football and basketball. And yeah, uh, it's going to feel like such a luxury that and just 
going somewhere without a mask or going to watch my kid play football without sitting there sweating in his mask the whole game yeah. or just generally any, anything going to a restaurant, you know, it's just, everything is going to be, be amazing. Great. Not have to worry about if you go into a restaurant, you wear a mask. Cause we do that. Exactly. We wear the mask in and then take it off. Oh, yeah. the but what, what did the, the Terrapin club guys, I asked them, on the show, when they were on, I asked them what was were they going to have people in the games next year and what capacity. What did they? They said yes, but I don't remember. I think they said fifty percent or something, maybe seventy five. I don't remember what their answer was. I'm sure they really have no idea at this yeah, point. Yeah, every, every yeah, everybody's going to be playing it by ear. I mean, you don't know, you know, whether whether you can reach herd immunity in time for for something like that, or whether you, you end up having a situation where, you know, you'd like people who get you know tickets to to have a vaccine card or something like that, and then then you're going to get all the people whining about this and that, and you know, it, it's not going to be pretty for a while, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it, for me, it's just it, it makes you appreciate some of those little things a little bit more. You know, there now I might I might think twice about blowing off a tailgate that maybe I would have beforehand, just because. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, I'm taken away from you. You start thinking, oh, well, well, man, that could that could be the last one for a while, for all I know. So maybe I should go to this thing. Yeah, seriously. But they definitely there's other places in the country basically never stopped having fans at games, and they're doing it. So, yeah, well, you know, if you want to live in Alabama, then you know, and good, good places more than just Alabama, though, right? I've seen. And and NFL teams have slowly started adding back, and I know it's been like ten percent capacity or twenty five. Seems by next fall, fifty seventy five percent. Next fall should be pretty good, pretty yeah, close. You, you, be think, you might not, yeah, you might not get full attendance. But you know, you might not be packing hundred thousand people into Bryce Denny or something. But you're going to have fans in the stands. I'm sure. I mean, I'd, I'd yeah. be shocked if that's not the case. You know, unless something really, really bad has happened in the in the interim, I, I suspect. Right. One thing I'm really hoping for is for NFL to allow a lot of people next year because the Ravens are playing in Vegas next year. Next year. And I am going to try really hard to plan a road trip for that because that will be a lot of fun. You know what? I, I think the football team does too, and it's either next year or the year after. And I was I saw that on the schedule. I'm like, ooh, that, Dude, Maryland? That, that could work. No, the football team, man. Oh, 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 Washington. W- yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington. Hail to the football, football team. team up in yes. this. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I I still maintain they should change it to Red Hawks because it's so close, and you can keep the same colors and just have like the arrow that old helmet they used to have. You wouldn't even have to change their history that much and you can say hail to the red hawks would be fine and still httr you get all you keep all your stuff you just get rid of the the bad word that people don't like my response to that is that donald trump meme there he just goes wrong no you don't like that no it's a terrible idea why what do you like frankly i i would actually have gone with washington football club and I would have kept it at that. I kind of like that as like an old school. I know people will make like the same. How do you comparison. cheer with that though? Like, hey man, did you see the club game the other day? You I don't know. know. Figure that shit out. You can call them the Redskins if all you, you know, if, if that's what you want to do. I don't care. But like, I like the idea of that as like if you're gonna do this kind of hat tip to tradition and kind of being one of the old school teams. Like, I like that better than team football club. Sounds better than it's better than football to me. It definitely sounds like soccer though. Yeah, and that's why people won't want to do it. But I think that's a stupid reason because I think it's a, I think it's a better branding thing. But yeah, who knows? I, mean, I don't really I, care because it's not my team. But anyway, well, I mean, it's it's my team, and I don't honestly really care that much either. I mean, it's figure out what you're going to do and tell me what it is, and I'll, I'll buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Well, we have a pretty good guest today, Stephen Bardo. He's a college basketball analyst for Big Ten Network and Fox Sports. He does. I was researching him a little bit. He does a bunch of shows on Facebook as well. I don't think they're super popular. One's about cooking in football, I think, and one is just a regular football show. And is that like one of my favorite uh, analysts out there? Is he's cool? He's cool. Does he do? Is he doing like the that show that um, who was the other guy? Mike Hall was doing. 
where you go to different campuses and, and talk yeah, about I don't think he's doing I don't think he's doing that, but Mike Hall, yeah, he had that show. Okay. That I forget what it's called, the lighter side or something like that, where he would make people have a race eating saltines and whoever could eat the most fastest and that kind of like goofy stuff, but fun to watch. Kind watch of. Kind of One th- funny thing about Stephen Barton, he was on our show in our first year, and it was before I started doing the bumpers, so. I got to get him to do that today, and that'll be. Yeah, I probably had him on back in the day. We did. I don't Ten Network as much now because of the Fox thing. Yeah, but anytime I get him over Dan Dockich, I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's good. Did we never, had Do- we never yeah. we've never had Dockich, have we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had Dockich. Yeah, I was really, I couldn't remember if I was imagining that we had him or not. No, no, we he had him. He was good. He was good. I, I, yeah. I like him. I mean, he's just one of those guys where he's got a shtick. So, like, it's how long can you deal with the shtick kind of thing. Or when he's just doing his, like, wisdom, adding basketball wisdom instead of just harping on tough guy, boomer, yeah. boomer comments. He can Fair. be good. And he's, speaking and of the devil, Stephen Barta just joined our room. I'm going to let him in, and we'll start off with him. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Can you hear us? Stephen? I don't think yes. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us, joining us on our Zoom call. This is the way of the world since last year, (laughs) doing everything via Zoom. So thank you for joining us that way. How's everything going right now? It's going well. Uh, the Bulls are down 16 in the first quarter, but outside oh. of that, everything's great. <laughs> okay. Well, that's standard protocol, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they're a little bit better this year. There's, there's, <laughs> there's room for optimism. I was telling a story, Stephen, before we get into the interview everything. I don't know if you remember, you were on a show about seven years ago, and it was very early on in our show. And at the end of the interviews, which we'll do again, we always have everybody do a game called fill in the blank, and you got to do rapid-fire answers. And I asked you who was the worst fan in the Big Ten, and you said it was Iowa. Do you remember that? He said, you said their fans were nasty. you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Don't tell me uh, the Adam Woodbury eye-gouging era, wasn't it? That was <laughs> at that been, time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> before that, that even. It might have been before Adam Woodbury, yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Big Ten, Stephen, we'll just start off with this. Is the best conference you've ever seen? No. Uh, the best conference I ever saw was the one I played in uh, in the late 80s in the Big Ten because we had in my four years we had uh, two national champions and we had 17 first and second round, second round drafts in my junior and senior year alone. Wow. Yeah. Stephen, what do you think? Uh, let's dive into the Terps talk. Tell me what you've seen from them. Obviously, it's like the most, maybe one of the most bipolar teams in the country at this point with the four and seven record in the Big Ten, all four against road teams, three of those on the road. What do you make of them? And what do you think, you know, in terms of their prospects for the rest of the way? Obviously, you know, they're they're right around that bubble level right now. <laughs> Well, I think with their wins, they've shown that they're a, a NCAA tournament caliber team. Um, they just don't have a lot of room for error. You know, they don't have a lot of size, so they have to really do some things defensively that require a lot of switching, a lot of scrambling. So they spend a lot of energy on the defensive end. You know, on the offensive end, Mark, I think, does a really good job of trying to put guys – in position to where they can succeed based on their skill set. And it sounds easy, but it's not easy to do. And so I think, um, you know, that was a big win with Ayala hitting those free throws. I think that will give him a lot of confidence moving forward. And I, I, I like their chances in terms of being in the tournament. Hey, Steven, I'm curious, uh, because you have the advantage of being a former college, you know, college player as well as an analyst who goes on the road to these, uh, to these stadiums, you know, with, without the fans being there and the, the, the atmosphere being different, do you really feel that there is a difference in terms of the away atmosphere and that's why you're seeing teams have more success on the road this year? 
There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you can't replicate uh, five-figure fans, 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. You can't replicate that energy. Uh, and when you have it on your side, you have it on your side when you're at home, it's very difficult home. to overcome. You almost have to be 10 points better. That was an unwritten rule when we played in the Big Ten that you had to be 10 points better on the road to overcome the home crowd, the officiating, and the way that home crowd, home teams play in front of their home crowd. So it's definitely a difference. And you know, I think you, like you mentioned, you've seen some of that, some of those results this season. And now I'm curious, just because you mentioned it, um, do you feel like the officiating is better without a crowd? I don't know that it's better or worse. I think those guys really uh, bust their tail the way that they travel and they get to look game locations and they have to watch film and they've got to get treatment on their bodies and things of that nature. There's a lot that goes into being an official at the Big Ten level, and I, I think they do the best job that they can. And I used to be critical of them. But I really started to look at their jobs, and they're very challenging. It's very difficult to be an official at that level. Uh, and so I, I think that – I don't know that it's better or worse necessarily. I just think that it just might be a little bit different because maybe they're not as swayed uh, with the home crowd in a critical time. I've seen that I, – I think I've seen that happen before where calls have been influenced because you're in a home environment and – you know, they're human, human beings, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. You respond to that. Right. Well, that's what the benefit of the crowd is, right? That's a, if you got a good home field advantage, it's part of it. Steven, you play, have been, you're a Big Ten lifer. Essentially, you played at Illinois, you've been around the conference forever, and now even as a, as a member of the Big Ten network. Maryland is relatively new to the conference. So how, as you as a, as a lifer, how do you view Maryland's place within the conference? Have they created a niche yet? I guess basketball-wise, but also just overall school-wise and, and athletic-wise, how do you view Maryland's place? I love Maryland being in the Big Ten because I, I'm an old-school basketball head, and so I love Maryland when they were in the ACC. Like, I, I remember Lynn Bias and uh, Adrian Branch, uh, Lynn Elmore, John Lucas, I, I remember all those teams. They, they, there's great basketball tradition. Maryland's a top 10, top 15 program in the country uh, based on national championship and their, and their history. So for, for the Big Ten, as tradition-laden as the conference is, to get a member that's as strong in men's basketball as Maryland, I think it's great. And then, you know, Mark Turgeon, it's, it's no secret. That's my guy. I mean, like, I, I got better relationship with him than anybody in the conference because I played against him. When he was in Kansas, I was at Illinois, and we, we kept in touch and been cool ever since. So there's a lot of different things that make me like the fact that Maryland is in the Big Ten, and I wish the rest of the conference would embrace Maryland, Penn State, and Rutgers like I think they should. Speaking of Turgeon, Stephen, what do you think about the job he's done this year? You know, there's been some fan unrest, especially early in the season with the record and also, you know, with some of the holes on the roster. So on one hand, obviously, he's the guy who made that roster. But on the other side, with the job that he's done, you know, getting these guys to play really hard and scrap despite being overmatched in the paint almost almost every night. I think he's done a great job. Uh, and, and you know what? This is what I this is what I love about college basketball. The Maryland fan base has really educated me because yes. you want a fan base that's as passionate as you guys are, right? You want that, and you want that all that comes with that. It's not always positive. <laughs> it's not always it's it's not always rational, right? But you want that. You want it to matter. So Maryland basketball matters big time, and I. To me, that 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 means something. So the, I've learned a lot through Maryland being in the Big Ten that I keep scratching my head because every other fan base would love to have Mark Turgeon as their head coach. Seriously. Nebraska would, I mean, you know, his dad lives there. 
They would love to have him there. Uh, in old Big 12 country where he played at Kansas. Come on, man. They're all around the Big 10, they would love to have Mark Turgeon. And so I, I'm critical sometimes of the Maryland fan base, but I appreciate them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's better, you know. Passion is that better than anybody, I think. <laughs> passionate uh, critical review is better than apathy, right? So they That's know. exactly right. That's exactly right. You, you want to matter. You want to matter as a coach. You want to matter as, as players that are represented in the school that, you know, people give a shit. Ooh, should I no, say that's that? Fine. That's fine. We're good. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm already <laughs> here those in today. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of, of shit, uh, Michigan State. Um... <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's bad. Larry, you go Come ahead and put now. a timestamp on that segue for me. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, Steve has got to be easy. He's got to be uh, objective. Um, Steven, a, a lot of people have lost a lot of money over the years betting against Tom Izzo. Um, but I'm looking at the record and I'm looking at the team with my eyeballs. And I'm curious whether this is the year where you can bury him in February. That's just not, just not going to come together this year. I think COVID has really hit them. So many times, it's not like been once, it's been like three times. And when you have that many stoppages and interruptions to what you're trying to do, uh, they're not particularly big. They don't have a lot of size outside of uh, Bingham. Um, you know, so I don't know. It, it, it's been tough to see Tom struggle a little bit. I think he came out in the media yesterday and admitted he hasn't been as hard on this group, just based on all that's gone on. I mean, they've had, they've had deaths. Um, Dwayne Stevens' father died of COVID. You know, they've had a lot of, of tragic things happen around their program this year. And so, you know, I, I for all the excellence that Michigan State has been over the years, I kind of give them a pass. You know what I mean? No, I hear you, and I'm I'm kind of curious just because you see a lot of these big blue blood programs struggling this year with Duke and North Carolina. I mean, I'm curious whether you think there's there's a trend there, or it's just kind of this COVID craziness is just knocking around our usual expectations for who's going to be good and how they're going to be able to deal with it. I think things are shifting in basketball, and so there's the G League that has I I can't remember the exact name of the program that they're getting, you know, top level high school players and, and paying them six figures uh, to come in and play exhibition games before the NBA. And so that's a shift. And so you're, you, you may take 10 to 15 top players that would be in college basketball. Well, now they're in this G league developmental league. And then there, there might be two or three high school players now that go to Australia or go to Italy or, you know, go overseas like we've seen in years past. So basketball is shifting a little bit, and the players are understanding the world's gotten smaller. There's opportunities all over the place. And so college basketball has to figure out a way to be competitive um, in in this new shifting landscape. We are speaking with Stephen Bardo, college basketball analyst, the Big Ten Network, and Fox Sports. Steven, you mentioned about how your conference when you played was better than this year's conference, in your opinion. How do you think the teams of that time compare to today, not just in better, but in terms of style of play and the pace of the game and all those kind of things? How How is it better or worse from then until now? Man, we boat roll these dudes, man. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. We, the flying Illini averaged 88 points a game. 88 points a game against Michigan that had eight NBA guys on their national championship team. Wow. Iowa had Roy Marble, B.J. Armstrong, Kevin Gamble, Brad Lojas. Ed Horton. Uh, Ed Horton, Matt Bullard. All these guys played in the NBA. Uh, Indiana had Jay Edwards, Lyndon Jones, um, there, there, there were pros all over the Big Ten. Um, 
Was Alford at that time you were playing? Yes, Steve yeah. Alford was at Indiana. They won a national championship. Yep. My freshman year. Kim Cheney was Cheney later. Was there. Was he Wasn't he later? No, no, no. I was a senior when Calvert was a freshman. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indiana won the national championship my freshman year, and Michigan won my junior year. So we we the Big Ten then, man, no. Minnesota had five, six pros on their team. It was no, we would we would manhandle these teams this year. Well, plus you'd be you'd be dropping bows all over the place, and you, I mean it'd be it was tougher basketball back then. There weren't fouls called it, like there are now, too. It it was much more physical, and you could talk a little bit more. You 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 know there was a few cheap shot artists in the league that were known, and you know, could, could, uh, who who was the worst? Oh, I don't want to put them out there like that. Come on, um, it was thirty years ago. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't want to put them out there like that because I got I got mad respect for these dudes, man. But I'll, I'll tell you this. guy A guy who I hated to play against would love to have on my team was Jeff Moe of, of Iowa. Hmm. Uh, he was a 6'3 guard, tough as nails, could shoot it, could put it on the deck, but would hit you with a back screen, you know, and try to crack your lower back to get you out of the game. He'd step on your feet. He'd talk about your mama. He'd do anything. You know, Doug and that, that was, relation? Say it again. Doug Moe relation? Was he Doug Moe's kid? I don't know. No, no. He wasn't Doug Moe's kid. Okay. But, you know, he was a tough he was a tough customer, man. And I appreciate him as a competitor. So when does the Big Ten win another national championship? Is that ever going to happen got, again? Oh, yeah. It's got to happen soon because you can't call yourself the best conference unless you've right. done so recently. Uh, so it, it, it needs to happen soon in the next two to three years, I would think. I think the conference has, is, is good enough top to bottom to develop a national championship contender. I think they, I think Iowa, when they're playing well defensively, is an outside chance at a Final Four contender. I think Michigan is definitely a Final Four contender when all things considering that they're healthy and not in COVID protocol. I think Illinois has kind of turned the corner a big win at home against Iowa and then winning last night in overtime in Indiana. And they've got a couple all Americans on their team. I think Wisconsin, the oldest team, maybe in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, they go through an annual swoon, which I think was their last game against Penn state and the way they looked last night and beating Penn state at home. Uh, Cause they had not looked well at home this season, but they looked a lot better last night. I think that they could start to round the corner. look like a, Final Four contender as well. So the Big Ten is well represented this year. I don't I don't know that any of those teams can beat Gonzaga or Baylor. Heads up, I don't think they can, but I think they're definitely Final Four contenders. Yeah, you you answered my question, I think, there. Is that your would that be your top four as of today, right now in the Big Ten? Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin in that order? Yeah, I think so. And and Ohio State could kind of slide in there as well. Yeah. I think that they uh they are so much better the sum of their parts than they are individually. And um, as long as they can stay healthy, I think they could they could be kind of dangerous as well. They could definitely get to the second weekend of the tournament. Uh, somewhat related question, Stephen. Uh, it's been such a sea change for Maryland fans coming into the Big Ten because you know when you leave a conference where you're fighting with Duke and North Carolina for supremacy basically every year, you're kind of used to them being at the top of the mountain and, and being the teams you have to shoot at, whereas in the Big Ten – You've got as many as you know eight to ten programs that could win the conference every other year, and you've got this parity in a way. Do you feel like that's a better scenario in the Big Ten in terms of the strength of the conference and being able to produce a national championship or teams that are going to fight for Final Fours every year? You know, I, it, it's hard to say because it hasn't worked for the conference in a while, so I don't know that it's good. You may want to have a top-heavy conference, that has two or three teams that are heavyweights, like the Big 12. Because the Big 12 every year has somebody that can contend for a national champion, championship. Uh, so I, I don't know whether the depth is better because sometimes you cannibalize each other. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to say because the conference hasn't had success with a national champion in so long. So, I, you know, it, it – I don't know. I think the Big 12 over the last decade has probably been the most consistent uh, conference. And if you look at what they've done, 
they've had good depth. Uh, seven or eight of their teams typically are tournament teams, but they are top heavy. Like they have one or two national title contenders every single year, and this year is no different. Steven, we play a game with everybody who comes on called Fill in the Blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your head, okay? All right. All right. The regular season champion of the Big Ten this season will be? Michigan. The number of Big Ten teams that make the NCAA tournament this year will be? Nine. The next college that should be added to the Big Ten when they expand is? University of Miami for the weather. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> the best home court advantage in the Big Ten is when the fans are allowed in. Uh, Mackey Arena, Purdue. The Big Ten coach who's the hardest to interview is. <laughs> Great question. Fran McCaffrey. <laughs> no way. He seems nice and easy going. No, you got to go back and hear his pre uh, post game uh, session with Illinois. Oh, it's, it's classic. <laughs> you got a lot of nice things to say about Iowa there, Stephen. I like it. Yeah, no. I got love for the Iowa program. I called a lot of games last year. I was there so much last year. I think I paid state taxes. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I got love for the program. All right, one more thing we ask if everybody comes on the show, could you do us a favor and say, this is Stephen Bardo, and you're listening to IMS Radio. What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Stephen Bardo. You're listening to IMS Radio, son. What? Woo! I like it. Yeah, that's the best bump. Oh, wow. Oh, he got creative there. I like it. Cherry on top. I like it. Yes. All right. There you go. All right. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. And if you're up for it, we'll we'll get you back on again sometime. Yeah, let's do it, fellas. This is fun. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, man. Take it easy. All right. Bye bye. Bye. That was Stephen Bardo. That was fun. Love that guy. Yeah, I remember having fun with him last time he was on. And yeah, that's why we didn't do it again. Probably Jeff's fault. Yeah, and he he definitely I've been trying to get him. He just does so many games; it's hard to get him at night. I know he says he has love for the Iowa program, but that's the second time I've asked him a question like that where he singled out Iowa. <laughs> no, he just threw that in there after just to soften his yeah. trash talking. That's all that, was. that was just pure diplomacy. Well, yeah, everybody, everybody knows Fran, knows Fran McCaffrey's a douchebag. So. <sighs> Sure. We've talked- I'm actually shocked that he answered the question, but yeah, that was the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any chance he'd answer that. There's others. Isn't, doesn't, doesn't Izzo have a little reputation for being a little difficult to interview too, but kind of in a different way, just because he's, he's got a little like Belichick in him. Well, they usually win though. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's a, he doesn't, he's not a great, uh, not a great interview after a loss. That's, that's for sure. He's grouchy, I think, but he doesn't complain like McCaffrey does. Oh, yes. We used to and call him, maybe he's got the juice behind him to be like that. You know, you can be more of an asshole when you're a legend than when you're just yeah. a guy. That's, that's the Gary thing at Maryland too. Cause he had a little asshole. In them sometimes. I'm glad you added that last phrase on your sentence. <laughs> it, it would have been funny. It would have been funny if he did that, and then like I listen to the show tomorrow, and it's like, yeah, Gary had a little asshole sometimes. Edited. Well, look, hey, I I'm glad he did because it was his chip on the shoulder attitude, and that that like that at that well, like I said, assholeness to him. That ha- you needed that to bring yeah, Maryland why, out of the depths that yeah, they were why, in. Yeah, absolutely. That's why he did what he. That's why he accomplished what he did. Not yes. only the only reason why, but it was required. Yes, yeah. that's so much in a Maryland coach. Oh yeah, man. A lot of things about Gary I don't miss, but I miss that part. I. It's so weird this season because I am never one of the guys who will root for Maryland to lose, so that you could. So that the coach is fired and it's better long term. Remember when we were had the Randy Edsel stuff, and I was like the last holdout. I was like, I just can't do it. I can't root against Maryland. It's not a nature. But I feel a little bit of it this year with Turgeon. Like if they just get a few more losses, yeah, a better coach could come in. 
I don't know. Guys, he's going to be here forever. Oh, well. I mean, resistance is futile. I mean, I, I just, at this point, every time, every time that team is like one loss away from like the real daggers coming out, they win that game 100% of the time. And well, it's happened. not just that. It's, it's not even on a game basis. It's on a year by year. I mean, the yeah. first three years, he was, remember, he's a, all those guys transfer, misses the tournament the first three years. Then what happens? Mello shows up, right? Yep. And all of a sudden they're back on the national scene. So the man works well with his back against the wall. You got to give him that. It, you, you can see it in his team this year, right? Every time we, every time we pronounce them dead, they pull off some ridiculous road win. But that makes it even more frustrating that it takes that, and the personality of the team is his personality as well. It yeah. takes that for the effort to come out. We saw them early this year, just over and over again, getting completely outworked, out hustled, out willpowered, all of that stuff. And and then they come out and they have a game where they put it all together for the entire game and they beat top-ranked teams on the road. I know road this year is as big a deal, but still, and it makes it more frustrating almost because yeah, yeah, why, can't you, why can't it be consistent? Where is this the rest of the time? Yeah. I would say I think the effort from this team overall has been more than I think I've ever seen from any of his 10. This is his 10th team. The last few weeks, yes. Yeah, I'm 100%. The last month or so, these yeah. guys play extremely hard. I, I kind of thought they would start to not necessarily quit, but you know there was a stretch there when they were one and four in the Big Ten, and I thought they might just go through the motions a little bit. But every game they come out yep. scrambling, so you can. So, so that's a good reflection on them. Obviously, that does not excuse the recruiting that led to them having to scramble like they do right now. That's a separate issue altogether, right. which I kind of addressed on Twitter. Half the people agreed, half of them shouted me down and said, Oh no, you know, and I, I simply said, you know, you have to, you can respect the job he's done coaching this year while also having beef with how the roster was uh, constructed. But, you know, we'll see how it goes the rest of the way, you know, and I, I feel like, I feel like this is probably a tournament team, honestly. Yep. Now you're four and seven. The rest of the schedule is way softer than the first half of the Big Ten schedule. I you have one good. ranked team left. You win that game. And I mean, that, that's going to be a tough one. Ohio State's playing really well. They're top 10 now. But even if you don't, Penn State twice, Northwestern, Nebraska twice, if you're able to make up that first game. So this, um, Rutgers will be tough at Rutgers, but they're not playing nearly as well lately. So. When you have those four wins and you have one of the toughest, toughest schedules in the conference, you don't need to do that much. So what? You know, if they go if they go five and four with that schedule, they're a lock to me. Nine's a lock at this point. Eight and eight, eight might even in the conversation, there. if at least. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, this is just such a such a wild thing to be discussing. And then, of course, what happens there? Right? You get in, you win eight or nine, you get in. You lose in the first round, maybe, because this is not a great team. And then the same old conversation all over again. Yep. That's the problem with the the cycle. Being with a coach who's... Everybody Google Herb Sendek at NC State. Because that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. He's never going to win enough to win people over, and he's never going to lose enough to get himself fired. Well, though this time, though... There is the there is the issue of the contract. You know, there's only two years left after this year, so it's not quite where it would have been a few years ago. No, that's that's true, and I and I think what will be interesting is the Turgeon Camp's approach to the contract. You know, if if they're going to walk in the door and say, "I want," you know, "I want eight years," and I want a you know ten oh, million dollar no. buyout, like. They may overplay their hand, and that may that may turn into something very different. I don't see that. I think at this point it'll be, especially with the economy and everything else. I think it'll be, yeah, extension. Sure, let's let's get that done. I don't think you know it's going to be more about. I'm sure he'd be thrilled to have the stability, unless he's just. I know he, he and his family, everybody close to him, everybody says he would never want to leave. They love the area, kids in school and everything, but. Unless maybe he's just tired of the fans and and whatever else, and 
feels like it's time to go, then you know, then you could ch- he could shop around this off season. But there's no way to know what he's thinking. Obviously, well, everybody's shtick gets old after a while, and it's been ten years. And unless you're a really elite coach, after that long, people get tired of hearing the same stuff. They want to see progress. They want to see movement in the right direction. It doesn't look like that's happening right now. So I think that's pretty normal for any fan base in all sports, really. Well, what really complicates it is last year. Yep. The tournament getting canceled last year complicates the whole thing. That, that was that be... was that was the that was the the moment of Zen, right? Either yeah, that was, was the gonna, referendum. He, yeah, either he was going to go and he was going to do it, or he was going to fail, and we were all going to be ready to toss him into the river. Like, I mean, and we we got that stolen from us. So, what do you do now? Well, there was some rumors flying about a little while ago, Jeff. Is there still some of that going on? Uh, things are pretty quiet in terms of his situation at the moment. You know, people are so focused on their teams. He's focused on his team. They're playing a lot better lately. You know, you don't know what other schools are going to do. I think in a month or so, obviously after the season, but in a month or so, things will you'll start to hear more of how things could play out. Yeah. One coach who is not universally loved by the fan base to another coach who is almost universally loved by the fan base still at this point, Mike Loxley, killing it on the recruiting trail. Today was signing day and an odd day for Maryland on signing day because they had no commits. And that's because they had so many commit during the early signing period, but still a little strange, right? Very strange. Very unusual. Yeah. Uh, it's like it didn't took even so many happen. kids early, and really there were no high school kids even on the radar for the uh, however long it's been since the early signing day. So, yeah, but it's pretty much transfer transfers are the focus now. They got one, uh, the quarterback from VMI, Reese Udinsky, who I think they like a lot. Like, I don't think he's just table scraps. They, they are going to give him a chance to come in and compete. Good. You know, Tunga Vailoa is clearly the strong favorite from the job, but there'll be a competition. And, and I, from what I've heard, that Udinsky kid's got a fifth to seventh round NFL grade on him. So that's going to be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Maryland finished 19th in the country this year, fourth in the Big Ten with 23 recruits. I think it was, what year was it? Was it 2017 that Durkin had the 18th ranked class? But that was with 27 players. So the overall quality per player was probably a little lower. Yeah, but we talked about that class. That entire class has completely fallen apart. Yeah. It's like it didn't even happen at this point. Well, yeah. We have, uh, I think the top, I did a story about it and I updated it after several more because Johnny Jordan was part of that class. I think Antoine, Antoine Richardson, uh, who, oh, Ely, Ayinde Ely. Campbell? Transferred up. Uh, no, Campbell was the next year. Okay. But, so, so I think the top 13 players or top 13 or top 14 are all gone from that class. Unbelievable. And, and there's legitimately not, I don't think there's a single impact guy left i'm trying to remember i don't have it in front of me yeah that's the worst that's the most underachieving recruiting class i've ever seen in comparison to the rating yeah i mean just it would have been bad for the 50th ranked class let alone the 18th ranked class yeah so they didn't get anybody today because they were fully loaded up they they've got the qb transfer and there's still one more spot correct jeff and they're probably going to make that an offensive line transfer? Yeah, that's the likeliest scenario unless somebody else knocks their socks off at another position where you, you take the best player available, but that's where the need is. They're pretty pretty well stocked everywhere else, you know. I think running back, if there was like a star out there, you would take him, but they've got numbers there. They just don't have a proven guy. Uh, so, yeah, they lost Jordan to transfer, and they lost Marcus Minor. So, ideally, I think they would like to slide Spencer Anderson, who started at right tackle this year, back maybe to right guard where he was before and get a uh, grad transfer at tackle. So, yeah, that that's the likeliest, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how the portal goes. 
And then the other, well, first of all, is there any movement on that offensive line transfer? It's got to happen soon, right? Uh, no, it doesn't have to happen soon. There's a lot of guys who... Even after like, spring ball, you get some transfers, right? Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. Heading, heading into spring ball and after, there's a lot of guys now who use this portal system. They'll wait until into the second semester, from what I've been told by a few coaches, they'll wait to announce they're leaving so the school can't pull their scholarship because apparently you can't pull it once the semester starts. So now you're having a second wave of guys announce it uh, just to make sure they're still, they still have a full ride, which is kind of funny. It's, you know, almost warfare, uh, cutthroat kind of business. But, yeah, I mean, it's one spot. You know, it's not like you have multiple spots to, to fill. Um, and, you know, it could happen any time in the next several months. The other big thing happening with football right now is coaching turnover. And I don't even know if I have all of them here, but wide receiver coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, director of recruiting – and special teams coordinator. Did I forget anybody? Five. Nope. Those are the list. And how many have been confirmed replacements yet? Uh, the only publicly announced one has been Dan Enos as offensive coordinator. Uh, I can't remember for our last show. I think that was probably before he was hired. I think yeah. it was. Uh, yep. So, so he was Loxley's guy the first time around. When Loxley got to Maryland, he really wanted to hire him. They had worked together at Alabama and produced a record-setting offense with Tua Tungavailoa in 2018. And I think he was—I think he was pretty close to coming to Maryland. And Miami snatched him away at the last minute. Um, and so now, you know, he scoops him up. I think Loxley, or I know for a fact, Loxley feels like he's going to be kind of an extension of of himself as play calling. I don't think. You know, I don't know how much he loved the play calling last year, and also as a quarterback groomer he seems to be very well respected so you know you're basically you're hoping he can come in there and turn Tunga Bailoa into a star uh and call the right plays obviously and then uh special teams I've written this you know I, I would be pretty surprised if Ron Zip didn't get that job which is to me is a strong hire the guy's got ridiculous amounts of experience you know head coach at Florida and Illinois been around forever has special teams experience you know, everybody around the program says last year that quietly he was kind of a glue guy moving from position to position. Like they said, he, you know, he helped that offensive line improve a lot uh, last year quietly. So I would expect him to get that job. I think it's a good hire. I have no idea how much he'll recruit at his age, but not everybody needs to be a big time recruiter. Um, wide receivers, Joker Phillips is gone. That one seemed to kind of sour a little bit. He went to NC State, which should kind of tell you something it's not like he took a clearly upward uh promotional path so so he's gone that one still you know i've reported several names on the site no hire has been made uh i wouldn't think it would be too long you typically want to get a recruiter there like your wide receivers coach and your running backs coach are usually some of your better rec recruiters on the staff uh the big one defensive coordinator I think that'll be done soon, too. Everybody knows they're targeting Carl Scott from Alabama, who looks like a home run hire if you can get him. He's a defensive backs coach there. One of the best recruiters in the country um, and a well-respected rising coach. The question is, is he going to – would he take the job or is he going to just get a raise from Saban, you know, go up from – he's at like 550 now. So does he – do they just give him like 850000 and he sticks around there and waits for – you know, an SEC coordinator job. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so Loxley has a relationship with him, too. Uh, he's not the only one, though. There's three other targets in the mix for that one. And did I name Was that all of them? One of my oh, recruiting coordinator. I wrote uh, last night they're, they're expected to hire Scott Chadwick, who, if you follow Maryland high school football, he's been a name forever. He won a state championship at Bowie back in the day and has been in North, in North Carolina the past 10, 15 years building a powerhouse there, uh, has tons of connections. I think that's a great hire. He knows all – I don't want to say all because he's been gone for a while, but he knows a lot of coaches in the state. Uh, he's just one at everything he's done, so he's going to bring that kind of 
mentality to the program. So I, I really like that hire. Uh, two things to note just on this. Um, it may seem odd that you lose half the staff two years into the program, but I'm pretty sure a majority of these guys were on two-year contracts. So it's typically what happens after you have your first staff, you get two years in, you make some changes, some based on guys who want to leave, some guys you pretty much tell to leave. And then secondly, a lot of these hires are probably being delayed by the fact that it was signing day. So you expect to fill, fill these positions probably in the next couple of weeks. So overall, when you talk about the, the hall, all five sort of bunched together, is it going to be an improvement? In terms of coaching and recruiting and the whole thing, you feel yeah, like I think, upgrade. I think, I mean, it depends who they get for defensive coordinator and and wide receivers coach. But you know those guys, uh, Hoke, John Hoke, we've discussed it ad nauseum. Everybody was ready to run him out of town, and then he improved a lot last year. But I still don't think it's like a crippling blow by any stretch. And that one, he's the one guy Loxley would have liked to have back. I think. The other guys, you know, there was that was we'll put it, call it a mutual decision for them to leave. Uh, he's the one who he's just an NFL guy for life. He's older. He wanted to go go back to the NFL, but you can still find somebody, you know, I think where it shouldn't be. There's so much talent there on that defense. Yeah, especially yeah. coming in next year, too. Yeah, if you can find somebody to harness it, I mean, and then if Enos works out, that's a lot of potential, you know. Good. Well, if the recruiting gets even better, watch out, man. Top 15, top 10 classes coming. It'd be great. All right. I got a little non-rev update for you guys. Uh-oh. Oh, good. Little one, little one. Women's basketball, they lost a game. They've dropped back to 10th in the country. They're up to 7. Embarrassing. I know. Well, they're always around 10th and almost doesn't even really matter. They're going to win a lot and lose very little and then get in the tournament and then they just are they going to get to the final four or not that's basically the big question right for them so baseball was a thread on the inside marylandsports.com message board about baseball a lot of preseason accolades and all-american max cortez i think his name was and a lot of other guys on uh big 10 preseason teams so pitchers included and freshmen, and so maybe a, a team that's going to make the the college, not the whole World Series, but make the tournament anyway. All right. Then, I, see, I see you, Swope. Yeah. Then Paul, I don't know if you know this person, University of Maryland Deputy Athletic Director Colleen Sorum. She was named a Silver Waves Media Top Assistant Athletic Director. Do you deal with wow. her at all? With like, uh, I mean, I, I know who she is. We're not. Yeah, uh, I'm well beyond <laughs> my my days of uh, actively actively hanging out with the terrapin. She's club good. Stuff. I've dealt with her a little on this terrapin club stuff recently. She's oh good. good. What she well, does. Of course, she's good. She's like the best. Yeah. director in country. Silver waves. Silver waves media. Jim. Yeah. Come on. I don't know exactly what that means. Is it? Is it like? Is that the equivalent of an Oscar or is it the equivalent of a Mobby Award? We don't know. I hope you get like a tiara or like a hat or something so like people know. Come on, man. No reaction to Mobby Mobby Award. You don't remember the Mobby Award? Oh, yeah. Didn't we win that? We won the Mobby Award. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we must beat not, like. Do they not have that anymore or have they forgotten about us? I, I, well, I don't know. Well, we beat the poetry podcast, right? <laughs> Wasn't it like a, it was like a poetry cup podcast and like a. I thought like a well, dessert baking podcast, like some. Yeah, that's the one I remember. I don't remember poetry. I remember we were, we were in a we were in a rough group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then none of us went to the went to the thing to get the award. I was going to go, but I lived so far away. I lived so far away. It literally would have been like almost two hours, and I just freaking Stern actually lived like five minutes away from. I know he could have went and gave an acceptance speech. Sure. See, I flew in for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then just ended up staying at Moody's or something. Tuxedo. I had a tuxedo yeah, on, and I flew yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, he flew. Took took a took a taxi directly to Looney's and <laughs> stayed there. All right, I got to fill in the blank for you guys as well. Hey, uh, like- let me just note before we go anywhere that Jeff definitely didn't bring rap lyrics again. 
even after promising oh. him that he would. Yeah. Oh, you wanted me to bring rap lyrics? You guys should have told me. It'll remind <laughs> you to tell me this, this stuff. Larry, pull up the pull up the audio from la- the end of last show when we. You did say said, I, it was something. I'm gonna do it. I promise. You said, and if I don't, then something. I yep. think is that what you said. What yep. was the something? I don't know, but I you I never. Yeah. I just needed Larry to decide what the something. Oh, I just said something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got lyrics. Go ahead. You, you do fill in the blank, and I'll hit you with lyrics. No, no, we can't. We're not googling like random lyrics now. You don't know that I'm googling it now. Okay, do it now. You don't know that. Do the do the do the lyrics right now. But hey. you don't know. <laughs> you don't know that I'm googling it now. All right. My what are you waiting for? My dog is knocking on the door. I got to go let him in. 15 seconds. Talk among yourself. <laughs> Google among myself. The show is completely falling apart. This is, this is beautiful. Jeff is pulling up liquid swords. Biggie. <laughs> the problem is, well, A, the, some of the, the lyrics. and <laughs> You can't yeah. use most of them. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're explicit, but there's a line, you know. But B, some of it's so obvious that even Larry, like, does even Larry know what? I'm here again, by the way. Don't 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 ruin it. There, don't ruin you know what stack? I mean, you know what stacking paper is, right? Are we there yet? I th- are we doing the film? No, the I'm first? If you know that stacking paper. So I know how. I I know. do not know what stacking paper is. I would now would have had. I would I would guess, but we're not doing that yet, right? Dude, Larry's yep. actually gotten whiter over the years. Literally, the whitest <laughs> man on earth. Okay. Um. I would guess that it is having sex. <laughs> how the hell? Do you, what exactly do you and your wife do that could ever? Like, how I'm not sure I want to know at this point. I just thought it was a euphemism for having sex. Yo, man, I'm stacking paper tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, no, that would be accruing funds. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. that's that's a pretty easy one. You don't need to search too hard, Jeff. Okay, are we doing that? Or do you have more? Or are no, we? Uh, he's just, yeah, he's I had just... one a second ago, and then I lost it. Go ahead, do do fill in the blank, and then I'll hit you with one. Okay, fill in the blank, Jeff. Maryland's final Big Ten record this season will be men's basketball, of course. Nine and eleven. Okay, so Paul. Up the Nebraska game. It's news. Man. Yeah, if they get Nebraska nine and eleven, <laughs> and if not eight and eleven, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay, Paul, Maryland's football win total next year will be. Dude, you're just going to ask me this every week, aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you on the record saying they're going to a bowl game at least at some point. I'll give him six. I'll give him six. I think, I think, I think they're going to be right around there. I think, I think they get the potential to be really good, but. Um, they're still Maryland football, so until proven otherwise. And Loxley's never had a winning record. Everybody's really excited right now, but still never had a winning record. Still, We have to see that first. Still mad about that stupid Rutgers game and missing half the roster. Yeah. Jeff, the next player to commit to the basketball team will be? Man, that is really tough because recruiting has been so quiet lately. So just – Turgeon has a guess. strong squad, so he's not even bothering to recruit yeah. at this point. The best guess I could give you is Carlos Curry, the six eleven Juco kid, but don't take that as a actual like crystal ball level prediction. Okay. That's Confidence like only, of that's like the only guy Jeff knows they're currently recruiting. One been, uh five, four or five right now. I don't know if okay. he's really close. He has a lot of offers, but right. he does they do seem to have be in pretty good with him. Paul, the number of games Maryland basketball, men's basketball team will win in the postseason this year will be? Uh, hmm. One. One Big Ten and that's it, you're saying? I just think one total. Okay. Probably one Big Ten. Okay. Jeff, 2021 football recruiting is over. The 2022 football recruiting class will have a final ranking of 16. They'll make strides. Uh, depends largely on how this season goes. I think they'll make some strides, but still really hard to get into that elite, like top 10 area. 
16 know. following up 18 would be strong. It would. That would be really, really nice. All right, Paul, last one. If you had to replace the Terrapins nickname with something else, it would be? Um, <laughs> uh, paper stackers. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, how about this? How about the Maryland Marauders? Hmm. Maryland Marauders. That sounds weird. That sounds like a USFL team. Was that a USFL team? The Marauders? Quite possibly. I think it should be Maryland classless thugs, right? Maryland, yeah. CTs. Maryland class. I I have a t-shirt that says, I'm from Maryland. No no one can beat me. Yeah, the the Nick Cantor medley quote. Yeah, and I have another one that says "classless thugs" too. I, I was I don't know why I jumped to the other. Well, it's, it's, no, it's the same it. shirt. It's the Is same. It same? Okay, same shirt. I have that. No, I I well, Turn I don't back, know. I have right? that. Yeah, I don't know if I have that still, but yeah, so I bought it off of somebody in like a like at a tailgate, right? Yeah, at a tailgate in like Charlottesville or somewhere like fifteen years ago. <laughs> Christ, what a weird quote too. <sighs> I'm from Maryland. No one can beat me. Like, there's no would... way that was a real quote. I think he was drunk. Get caught intoxicated, getting in a fight somewhere. But like nobody would say, "I'm from Maryland." No, well, I just so you don't think a, an arrogant nineteen-year-old drunk basketball player being confronted by the cops might not drop that one. No, I could imagine like I'm from Maryland and ain't nobody fucking me up, or like yeah. you know nobody's yeah, kicking nobody my ass. But like nobody can beat me sounds like something my eight-year-old might say. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Plus, he wasn't even from Maryland. Yeah, he's not from Maryland. He was from like Maine. Yeah, yeah Maine. That was it. Not New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, Massachusetts. Although he's had a hell of a career, by the way. That guy's made millions and millions of dollars overseas. He was a good Literally. player. Like he was 10, a good player. Like Ten plus million dollars. No, I d- I don't doubt that at all. I mean, him, Drew Nicholas had a great career in in, uh, in Italy and other places. Like a lot of those guys. I mean, they, Nick Hitter Medley was a good basketball player. He just was on a team where he was expected to be. Like, you know, first, second team all-conference guy, he just wasn't quite good enough. Uh, he had a bad injury, too. You never know what he might. Yeah. I think it was an Achilles. Freshman year, uh, yep. Uh, we'll have to have him on the show and ask him about it. We should actually have some guys from that era. I hated show. that era. I did not like yeah, that era at all. It was a letdown. I might say mean things because that was, that was the era where Gary could have turned us into a blue blood and, and it didn't happen. Yep. Mm. I'm not bitter at all, as, as you can you can tell. I'm very excited for our yeah. one postseason win this year coming. All right, Jeff, do you have the other rap lyric? Yeah, I lost the damn page. I had a good one, and then the stacking papers thing threw me off. Next <laughs> week, it's on. Well, I think you guys got a good laugh at my expense anyway for my incorrect guess. So. That's unbelievable, Larry. I mean, that's great. Context, man. Just context. No, I get it now. It makes sense, but. Sexual relations? I, I said, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up, man. You better do it right. Yeah, you make sure you, papers. <laughs> you got that paper stacked properly at the uh, at the France household. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, if you're listening. That's no, no, he's not. He's he's upstairs. My dog, however, is listening that I let inside a few minutes ago. Well, you know, you share things. I had to let him in. It's freezing cold and there's snow on the ground outside, so I couldn't make him stay outside when he knocked anyway fair enough all right guys good show love steven bardo we got we have to have him more often that's his second time on the show well we gotta you know we try and have the national guys when maryland is interesting and at times you know if they're like on a three-game losing streak it's not really worth having the national guys you know what i mean him and robbie hummel are robbie hummel are the two that i Went for Hummel, I think would be good too. Hummel's he's good, yeah. He's very insightful, and, you know, entertaining. Not as dry as some of the other guys, so maybe we can get him on. Another thing that would be very interesting would would be to get a Matt Norlander return visit. Three, two, one. No, I, no, I can't. No, Paul. I got to. No, I got to. I got to work up for that, man. I that was a long time ago. Things have changed. Like that guy's still oh. I can't believe he he said that, but you gotta get you gotta you gotta give me a give me a runway for that. Hey Jeff. He's really annoying, you know. <laughs> not even just that episode. I'm just not <laughs> is, a fan of is this what you were is this what you were hoping for, Jeff? 
He's, I mean, he's just a, he's just one of those guys who has takes and he's just like a take machine. And I can't stand that about any of, you know, there's like a class of quote unquote sports journalists now who's like that. And I just, I just freaking hate it. He's, he's just a representative of that. Well, I have your clip ready. That's why I'm, I'm on top of it. Here we go. That dude's full of shit. There you go. <laughs> that is what I was waiting for. Yeah. I'm sorry. Trying- you gotta, he's gotta earn, you gotta earn that, man. I can't just, I can't just, you know, regurgitate that on on demand that was a special night that was he earned it oh he did he did that was the night uh you know it's crazy to think that's kind of the night that uh really turned things around yeah exactly that was what was it arizona state or iowa 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 state State. iowa state beat iowa state that was their first big breakout win with uh mellow as a freshman yep yeah, and then they, then they went on that like you know ten or eleven game winning streak over Christmas and January. Yep. And things got pretty pretty rowdy. Yeah. All right, guys, good show. Thanks to Stephen Barta for coming. We will be back next Wednesday. Maybe doing live. I I've been researching doing not only live with live on YouTube. I've been researching video casting. Oh Christ. Really, really professional style video casting. I'm not ready for it yet, but I got some ideas. There are more interfaces on the way. More sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot to to do because I'm I don't know video that well. But anyway, all right. Next week, next Wednesday, guys. We will see you then. Peace. Stacking paper like I'm Tony. I get money, call me Scony. Fuck the haters and the phonies, cause the rollie on me, really why they want me. Pockets fatter with a dope boy, belly like I'm eating ravioli. Riding Maserati, cause the force is with me like I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you said that you get it, you better show me. I tell them get the fuck back if you didn't know me. And if ever your bitch will be all up on me, I'ma take her to the telly, you're never gonna leave her lonely. Now she fucking with her heavy forever, she be my homie. Legendary like I'm Kobe. Smoke her back while she blow me. Whip the work and call it Tony.